on the prequel to the 40th episode, we're learning about Netflix originals and previewing Bird Box. Hello and welcome back to This Film is Lit, the podcast where we talk about movies that are based on books. It's the prequel to the 40th episode, and that 40th episode is Bird Box. It's taking the world by storm. The Bird Box challenges, yes. at the very least. The memes are taking yeah. the world by storm, if nothing else. So we're going to be doing that for our next episode. We'll be previewing that in the second half of this episode. But first, we're going to talk, we're going to do uh, come back to our learning with this film is lit segment, and we're going to talk about Netflix originals. No matter what anybody tells you, words and ideas can change the world. So... When I hear the term Netflix original, mm-hmm. and I I know I knew like nothing about this before you brought this up to me. Yeah, I just always assumed that meant that Netflix like put the money in to produce whatever that content. Yes, is that's what they is want that, you to think. Is that not wholly accurate? Not even a little bit uh, <laughs> necessarily. Um, We'll get into it. I have uh, copious notes, but even my notes don't begin to cover the extent of the process and everything. We'll, we'll get into it. But you probably, if you have, most people have Netflix, and I'll talk about, well, not, I say most people. Most people in our age range have Netflix. Uh, according yeah. to CNBC All-American Economic Survey that polled 800 people, which is a pretty good sample size for a poll like this, uh, the job I work at when we do polling for our sort of viewership Mm -hmm. uh 400 is like a good poll number so something like this 800 is a pretty good sample size for this sort of data uh this was in 2018 57 percent of americans have some form of streaming streaming service of that 57 percent 51 percent of those use netflix netflix has 137 million users worldwide and 58 million in the u.s and Mm -hmm. i assume that is distinct users it's more than that because, right. you know, like my parents use my Netflix yeah, and yeah. other people share Netflix accounts. So there's more. The numbers, I, 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 I didn't say specifically distinct users, but my guess is that that means like accounts mm-hmm. would be my mm-hmm. guess. Um, uh, Netflix is kind of like the OG streaming service. Yeah. It's, yeah, one of the first ones. I mean, they didn't yeah. start as a streaming service, but they were the no. one of the first to get into it. I mean, originally they were a, you you ordered DVDs and they right, mailed the, them to the you. the mail order DVD. Yeah. I think my mom still gets DVDs. Yeah, and you can still, you can still do it. They still, ha- they still offer that service because, and it's, uh, it's goes beyond things that are off, I believe, at least I think that's the idea, or at least in the original days it was, they, their catalog of DVDs was huge, Mm -hmm. included almost everything, whereas their catalog of streaming stuff was much smaller. Right. I don't know if that's still the case. I haven't looked at their DVD rental service in, I think I had it for like a year. or No, I had Gamefly, which is the video game version of that for like a year, um, back like 10 years ago. Uh, So yeah, 58 million users in the U.S., the U.S. population is like 430 million. Mm -hmm. So cut out all the babies. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and then cut out everybody that's 80 plus or maybe not everybody that's 80 plus. But yeah, a lot of yeah, people. In the but US a lot are, of people. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of people are. So so most people, I have a feeling when you see Netflix original, don't know what that means necessarily. I think they think like you and I both did that that means Netflix was somehow involved in making this thing. Yes. Somehow. Some way yes. they're involved. It's a Netflix original. They somehow were involved. Uh, I mean, the the process of making movies is already complicated. And we'll talk about that a little bit. But in a little bit, but 
that's kind of the, the idea you get when you hear mm-hmm. Netflix original and you see it, and 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 especially tied into things like Stranger Things and, and yeah. all that. And we'll yeah. get to that. A Netflix original, quote unquote, is content that is produced, co-produced, or distributed by Netflix exclusively on their services. The distributed by is the uh, sort of right that's little the... uh, extra caveat there. <laughs> Netflix funds their original shows different than other TV networks when they do sign a project. Uh, a lot of times they provide the money up front and then immediately order two seasons, which is kind of a little side note, but I thought it was interesting that they, um, generally speaking, order at least two seasons when mm-hmm. they when they get a show to kind of let it, which is, I think, a good idea creatively in general because um, it often takes a show yeah. a season or two to kind of hit its stride and then they footing. decide, yeah. Originally, originally, Netflix didn't actually produce quote-unquote content in the way traditional film studios do. Mm-hmm. In fact, they contracted studios like Lionsgate or Media Rights Capital or others to produce their films while sometimes injecting capital into the production. Mm-hmm. Mainly, though, they just pay for distribution rights to finished products. Now, this seems to have changed uh, recently, at least somewhat changed. They still do the thing where they basically buy distribution rights. Um, but Scott Stuber became head of original films at Netflix. He was previously an exec at Universal. Uh, he runs a production company called Bluegrass Films, uh, and they're responsible for Bird Box, as well as non-Netflix uh, originals like Office Christmas Party, Ted, Central Intelligence, A Million Ways to Die in the West, uh, hmm. a handful of others, mostly comedies it looks like. But mm-hmm. generally, you know, uh, he, and also with that, it, he works with... Uh, the Family Guy guy fairly often it looks like based on Ted a million ways to die in the West and Ted too yeah. so what is his name mm. doesn't matter <laughs> I'm watching the Orville right now and I can't remember his name uh, anyways it's Family Guy guy also uh, in October 2018 so just a few months ago Netflix purchased ABQ Studios in New Mexico and this was Netflix's first purchase of a studio complex and they plan to make it the home of two upcoming original series that they're going to be filming mm-hmm. uh, one called Chambers and another called Messiah so here's the thing. The studio system in Hollywood is really confusing. Right. Uh, it's, it was, it, for example, Office Christmas Party, that movie I mentioned earlier that like nobody saw, <laughs> uh, but I remember seeing trailers for uh, like the last two Christmases ago, I think, uh, had four production companies associated with it. DreamWorks, Reliance Entertainment, Amblin Partners, and Bluegrass Films. And it was distributed by Paramount. It would take <laughs> yeah. It would take ten times the research and three times as long to explain how movies are made, paid for, and distributed. So we'll leave that for another time. Suffice to say, sometimes you will see the Netflix original tag on material that the company itself did produce, did right. involve, was involved in making, uh, in the making of, was involved in paying for, was involved in all those things. Uh, we'll talk about some examples of that. Some big ones: Stranger Things, uh, the biggest one probably. You know, the one that kind of blew up their Netflix original brand, mm-hmm. uh, a bird box they were involved with. So there's a handful, a lot of uh, shows and a lot of newer shows and continuing shows, and it's an avenue they're pursuing. Mm-hmm. But uh, a lot of other things you see the Netflix original tag on, the company itself had nothing to do with in terms of production. I know I, for one, was operating under the assumption that all of the Netflix originals you see were films or TV shows that Netflix was somehow directly involved in producing. And now producing can mean a lot of different things. It can literally just like we've discussed, just mean throwing money at a project, right. but it can also mean be actively involved in producing and organizing and, and everything that goes into producing, which is its own thing that I don't fully understand. I never got into that side of sort of filmmaking, mm-hmm. but I, uh, you know, I kind of assumed they were doing that. Like when you see a movie produced right. by. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what the, the name implies. Yes, I feel when it like. says Netflix original. Yeah. So for example, 
but that's not the case. And for example, the show Peaky Blinders is a BBC production. Mm-hmm. It released on US Netflix two years after its UK premiere on BBC. But Netflix paid for sole distribution rights in the US, so they got to slap Netflix original on all of their advertising for it and on their on their service. So us silly Americans who don't know any better or don't do any research attribute another brilliant TV show to the big brains at Netflix. Look, wow, this show's great. Who <laughs> Netflix did this? So another example, Rested Development, people might be a little more familiar with. Uh, Rested Development originally aired on Fox for three seasons and then right. was canceled. The label Netflix original is on the entire series on Netflix, although only the most two recent seasons were financed by Netflix and or, or they were involved with at all. The first three mm-hmm. seasons were on Fox. They bought the rights to it, though, and they are the sole distributor of it now. Mm-hmm. So it says Netflix original when you look at click yeah, on so just like implying that the whole thing is. Yeah, that somebody who yeah. didn't know and was just coming to Arrested Development now would be like, oh, look, it's another thing Netflix did. Arrested yeah. Development. They would have no idea that this started on Fox and, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the thing. Netflix is a savvy company. There's a reason they use the label Netflix original and not Netflix exclusive, because mm-hmm. I would argue that Netflix exclusive is a much more accurate label yeah. for uh, some of their products. Um, exp- things like Peaky Blinders or uh, we were watching a show for a little bit called uh, The Vikings or The Norsemen. Norsemen. Yeah. Um, that was completely written, produced made for Finnish t- or, uh, you know, uh, Iceland TV, somewhere Norway, I don't know, mm-hmm. Norwegian TV. And then Netflix was really like, oh, that's a good show. Buy it, mm-hmm. distribute it in the U.S. on Netflix. The only place you can watch it in the U.S. is on Netflix. So it says Netflix original. But the show had existed for like two years and right. Netflix was not remotely involved in any of the production of the show. So, yeah, so it seems like in that case... Netflix exclusive does more accurately yeah. describe. It's the only place you can watch yeah. it is on Netflix. But Netflix original has an extra thing to it. You see Netflix original, you attribute that thing that you like to Netflix. You thank them for it. Uh, I like Stranger Things. Netflix made Stranger Things. And to clarify in this instance, Stranger Things they actually did were involved in the production process right. and that sort of thing. And they did throw money at it. So it's a little different. But they made straight net, uh, Stranger Things. Therefore, I love Netflix and I will give them my money. You're glad to give them the money because you're assuming at least somewhat responsible for that. They are at least somewhat responsible for creating this thing that you like. Brand is everything. Attention is currency in the marketplace. And what people think your brand does is more important than what your brand actually does. Is it? (laughs) So in that instance, when people see Netflix original, that Mm -hmm. makes you feel that's a thing Netflix made. Hmm. That's how it feels when you see yeah. it. That's what we both thought. That, yeah. that was a thing. Now, again, obviously, there's a bunch of... They, I'm not assuming that, the you know, there's writers and directors and a million other people involved in a whole other... But I've, I assumed when I saw Netflix original that they produced that content. Yeah. And that is yeah. not true for a great... I would. I don't know if it's majority, but it's a great number of the content on their platform. They were not... They did not produce. It's, it's, and it's not just Netflix, to be fair. Um uh, I believe Amazon and Hulu both do similar uh-huh. things uh, like Harlots uh, on Amazon. I believe that says in Amazon original or something like that. Uh-huh. And it was a BBC show oh. or I believe it was a BBC show or something like that. I'm, I'm per- like 99 percent sure about that. So I, Netflix isn't alone in doing this. I think all of that these sort of online just, platforms. I would actually love to know more about like the intellectual property law right. there that like allows these streaming services to like essentially almost 
Well, claim. the intellectual property law there is we paid you yeah, for I this know. intellectual <laughs> property. So. But I, wonder, I would want to know, like, I wonder if there is a way around that. Like, if you can negotiate a contract so that they can't right. do that with your content. Yeah. Like, I would just be curious to know. I'm that. sure you could. I'm sure you could somehow if you wanted to, if, if you were a production company, you know, who, whoever held the rights to some TV show or some movie. And you and Netflix came to you and said, "We want to distribute your movie on our platform. Um, we want to call it a Netflix original." Now their thing may be here's the thing: Netflix may come at you with enough money that right. you go fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's probably <laughs> mostly what happens if you yeah. want to kind of hold up some artistic integrity thing of like, you know, people. Some people might think that Netflix made this when our production company made this. I think they're trading off one the huge amount of money. That mm-hmm. Netflix is going to give them to barring that at least their thing that they made is now being shown to people. People are yeah. seeing it and yeah. then, you know, maybe look into it and realize, oh, this person, whoever was responsible for making this, that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I yeah, it is an interesting question. It's an interesting idea. But I had only learned this recently because there was the more I saw, I was like all this stuff that kept saying Netflix original, Netflix original. I was like, how do they? What is uh, that's there's just so many things and yeah. some of them were like yeah like weird like f- like finished or like you know Norwegian TV shows and stuff I'm like that, that, that now Netflix is moving more towards actually being more and more involved in the actual production side and making right. more literally producing more of their own content um, and it's the direction they seems like they would like to go is into more of a traditional productions you know mm-hmm. have the have the production side of Netflix that they then distribute on their platform. Uh, because then they don't have to pay other people right. for the properties. They yeah. just create it themselves and then they make all the money back on it. So, you know, it's the direction they're going. But right now, currently, a lot of the TV shows and movies you see on Netflix that say Netflix original aren't. I mean, they are by legally, but they they weren't produced by Netflix, yeah. a lot of them. So this one was, though, Bird Box. <laughs> uh, so we're going to talk about that now and get into our Bird Box book facts. Please don't take my children! All right, so Bird Box is a 2014 post apocalyptic novel by Josh Mallerman, and it's also his debut novel. Um, this is his first publication. Uh, he actually wrote 14 novels before he published Bird Box, um, but he never shopped any of them around. So this was his first actual publication. Uh, Mallerman is also the singer-songwriter of the Detroit rock band The High Strung. Never heard of them. I've never heard of them either. I assume they're big in Detroit. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess. Um, he's also been the subject of a documentary called Quilt of Delirium. So if you want to know more about him, you can go watch that documentary. That's an interesting title. Like, yeah, right. He... Okay. I, now I am interested based purely on the title alone and it being about a person and not like a subject or something. Yeah, like I've... that's, I don't know. All right. Yeah. 
Um, so uh, another interesting thing I found out is that for many of his books, he does live readings with a kind of theatrical twist. Um, he said... Like Dickens or something? Kind of, it sounds like. Um, he said, our readings are more than just me at a podium. Someone will be doing live music while other people act out the scene that I'm reading. It's more than an excerpt. Interesting. Um, and I actually found a recording like a of him doing a bird box reading. I think it looks like it's at a bookstore. Yeah. Um, so if assuming I remember to, <laughs> I'll post that okay. um, to our Facebook and Twitter pages. Um, so Bird Box itself, uh, the story is partially told through flashback. Um, it's got a, a nonlinear story structure, um, and it takes place during three time periods. I'm not sure if it, the movie is structured the same way or not. Yeah. I guess we'll find we out. We'll find out. A critical reception for, for Bird Box uh, was positive. Uh, Mallerman received comparisons to Stephen King. Pretty high praise as yeah. far as like horror writing yeah, goes. Yeah. Um, and Jonathan Carroll. Uh, the AV Club gave the book a B rating. Um, they wrote, Mallerman overreaches a bit in his debut, but the mood is chillingly effective. Uh, the book also won the Michigan, Michigan Notable Book Award, and it was nominated for the James Herbert Award and the Bram Stoker Award for Best First Novel. I didn't know there was such a thing as a Bram Stoker Award. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's like for horror fiction. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it makes sense. I just had never heard of it. So That's actually, it's a pretty big one as hmm. far as like a genre yeah. literary awards go. Yeah. Cool. Well, sounds like well-received book. Let's talk about the movie. But under no circumstance are you allowed to take off your blindfold. Did you hear that? All right. So, as I mentioned, this one was actually produced by Netflix, but originally the film rights to Bird Box were optioned by Universal Pictures in 2013 prior to the book's release. So, this is one of those mm -hmm. ones where before it came out, there were. That's pretty all par for the yeah, course, I think. Yeah, it is. Studios just kind of snap up properties yeah. hoping they blow up. Yeah. Originally, it and Mama director Andy Muschietti. Muschietti? Mm -hmm. Don't know how to pronounce that. Was attached to direct a film when it was with Universal. Uh, he did the remake of It that just came oh, out. Okay, okay. And he's doing the sequel. Uh, it Returns or whatever the sequel. I think it's, it's called. just It Part it Two. It Part Two, yeah, probably. <laughs> I like It Returns though. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. Uh, I was just going with the Mary Poppins thing. <laughs> when Scott Stuber, who was an exec at Universal Pictures, became head of Netflix original film department, uh, Netflix purchased the rights to the film. And Susan Beer, Suzanne Beer, was announced as the director. She's most known uh, for In a Better World, After the Wedding, and Brothers, which I had never heard of any of no, these. No, either. But she's won a ton of awards in Europe, a hmm. bunch of like European film awards. Uh, she's also won a primetime Emmy for TV show uh, Night Nighttime Nurse or something. Night. Oh, nurse, I think I've heard like of that. that. No, I wish I, I didn't write that down for some reason because we don't really talk about TV too much, but. Um, I had never heard of any of those other films, so I, but I got a ton of awards in different areas, Golden Globes and, and all kinds of things. Like it's a Golden Globe in Italy or something. I don't know. 
Sandra Bullock, uh, now we're moving on to actual film facts. Sandra Bullock said she was blindfolded for about 50% of the shooting schedule. Hmm. Which is interesting because I've only watched the trailer. Mm-hmm. And in the trailer, most of what we see in the trailer is she is not blindfolded. It's like a bit of it that they're blindfolded. Mm-hmm. And that, hmm. that's obviously the whole meme. But like, I assumed that most of the movie was going to be not blindfolded. But I guess so I, half and half, yeah. roughly. So, well, we'll guess see. guess we'll see, yeah. Yeah. So you, we both had this note because it's kind of about the book. But author Josh Mallerman wrote the rough draft of Bird Box prior to the release of M. Night Shyamalan's film The Happening, which was 2008, and the film The Road, which was 2009, which was based on a book as well. Yes. Yeah. Book is 2006, yeah. though. Uh, which is interesting because from what I've seen, this is very reminiscent of The Happening. It's the kind of the first thing I thought of it um, is that it's – and I'm sure, again, this is a very common – sort of observation but that this movie looked from the trailer like a quiet place smashed together with the happening yeah i have heard people say that i mean i and now uh, i haven't seen a quiet place but i know the premise and basically what happens i have seen the happening did it on my youtube show because uh, it's a very bad film <laughs> um but it was very reminiscent of that so it's interesting uh, that apparently his rough draft was written before that i i wonder why this I guess because people had pointed out. I, I thought it interesting that we both found this fact. So mm-hmm. obviously people had pointed it out and been like, yeah. these are similar. Now, the thing that's interesting to me about that is that neither premise, the premise being the one that this this and the happening shares is something in the world, in nature, something out there causing people to go crazy and kill themselves mm-hmm. isn't like that unique of an idea to me or like that yeah. original of an idea. Well, and... I mean, if we're going to talk about, like, post-apocalyptic yeah. stories, too, they're all, I mean, they share a lot of similarities. Yeah. Because post-apocalyptic literature and films, they tend to pick up on, like, the same fears. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I just, I mean, yeah. To me, this because there's obvious differences with the whole not looking at things and then happening. It's just... There is no really like getting away from it, yeah. short of shoving towels under doors, apparently. But that's a whole other issue. <laughs> but like, so they're similar in that regard. But the whole idea of yeah, that that somehow there's something that if it affects you, you like whoop, and then kill yourself, and it's creepy. Like that, I don't know. That to me, that's like a yeah. I, a bunch of people could come up with that idea. It yeah. doesn't particularly strike me as like. I mean, that's like horror stories going back. You know, like lit literature, literary horror stories, like similar to of similar ideas going back forever. I would feel like of, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of mythological mythological thing of like they were out and they, nobody knows what they saw and then they went home and they killed themselves. Like yeah, uh, you know, yeah. it's like that's not an original idea to me. But anyways, uh, so moving on to the bird box challenge, we'll talk about it a little bit because. <laughs> We have to, I guess. Um, <laughs> in Australia, Netflix partnered. Apparently, this is how this started. I this is what, according to Wikipedia article that I read. Um, in Australia, Netflix partnered with four Twitch streamers. If you don't know what tr- Twitch is, it's a streaming service where you watch people play video games and talk about them, uh, and had them play popular video games while blindfolded. Hmm. Apparently, this is what turned into the global internet meme. And Netflix had to come out uh, to stop idiots from walking into traffic blindfolded. So that's why they had to address it, because they kind of they started c- Apparently. It. And now it says, in Australia, Netflix partnered. So I don't know if it's Netflix parent company or uh-huh. somehow, like, you know, they're, they have an Australian branch that 
you know, their marketing department in the Australian Netflix branch was like, let's do this. And, you know, yeah. So who knows how high it went or whatever. But yeah, they were did at least kind of, is this what this is, is implied here that they kind of were involved in starting it to some extent. Now, hmm. again, it was sitting in your, in your room in front of a computer playing video games blindfolded, which is right. nothing. It's, yeah. it's fine. But anyways, so they came out and said, please don't, please don't do this. This is bad. Uh, nevertheless, a 17-year-old in a blindfold taking part in the craze drove into oncoming traffic and subsequently crashed her car in Utah, prompting the police to issue the same warning as Netflix. Oh I didn't know that anything actually came of this. I mean, I, I, I'd seen, you know, the, the memes and the videos, but I assumed in general that, like, maybe this was probably one of those things that, like, media gets, like, that, like, news media gets a hold of because it's a... Crazy sounding story. Yeah, kids out there walking around with blindfolds, do, and I'm like, it it didn't really happen that much. Like, mm-hmm. like I wouldn't be surprised if it was something that was one of those things that like somebody posted a joke video about, and then Netflix responded to just just to clarify, don't do this, and then the news media was like, look, millennials are out walking around <laughs> with blindfolds on like idiots. You know, and then it like never really actually happened that much. I'm not yeah. saying it did, but it at least happened to the extent that somebody did do it and get crashed their car. Apparently, I feel so. like we almost have like a life imitating art thing yeah. here. Like you see bird box memes, and then it makes you go out and do something stupid. Yeah, there you go. Wow, that is there. It's very meta. It is very meta. Wow, you know that is an interesting way to look at it. I hadn't even thought about it like that, but. Bird Box became it's the it's the <laughs> either you, you either die the hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the Bird Box or whatever. <laughs> so. uh, finally, in a December twenty first, twenty eighteen interview, so just a few weeks ago, with Bloody Disgusting, which I believe is a horror uh, like magazine mm-hmm. or like online publication type thing, it's mentioned that the producers wanted the creatures to appear in the film. So spoiler, they don't. They don't. Okay. Which I had heard, I think I knew, but. And they even designed a creature and shot a scene with one. However, upon viewing the video, they realized this was hilarious. It looked really stupid. And they had to get rid of it. <laughs> Sandrick Bullock described the, key, the creature by saying, quote, it was a green man with a horrific baby face, end quote. That sounds like, uh, so. that sounds like the aliens from Mac and Me. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it could have been an alien from Mac and Me I or something if along they those lines. Crotch first. Yeah, swinging them arms. But uh, <laughs> apparently, and so uh, you know, less is more. Obviously, sometimes, yeah. especially in horror movies. Uh, they, so they did. I, that's interesting, though. I didn't. I didn't know one way where, where whether or not we were going to see the creatures. I had heard that you don't see them, but they were going to until they were like, "Oh, nope, that's a bad idea. So Those some, are terrible." Some good decision making <laughs> yes. there. Yes. <laughs> Yes. So that's it for the fun facts and the preview of Bird Box. We're going to ride that bandwagon. Yes. And watch Bird Box. If you haven't, go if you have Netflix, which odds are, based on those statistics, you do. You can go check it out and watch (laughs) it. Uh, And we'll be back in one week to break down Bird Box. Until then, you can check us out on all the social media platforms. Katie will be posting, if she recalls or remembers to, that one video she said of, what was it? Um, it was Josh Mallerman doing a oh live the live reading, reading of Bird Box. Yeah. Look for that. Look out for that on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those good places, or a link to it on Instagram. I don't know how Instagram works. I know you can't post like YouTube, whatever. Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's dumb. Uh, so check us out on all social media. 
Uh, like, rate, subscribe, whatever you can do on the platforms you listen to us as. On, as, on, whatever. I'm hungry. <laughs> it's dinner time. It's been a really long day. It's dinner time. It's a Monday, and I'm hungry, so cut me some slack. Until next time, guys, gals, non-binary, and everybody else. Keep reading books. Keep watching movies. And, and keep, keep being, being awesome. awesome.